0: Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to today's Remnant Godcast. I have two amazing guests. One is a returning guest. He is the senior pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship up in Leona Valley, kind of Lancaster, Palmdale area. Shane Eidelman, pastor, welcome to the show.
1: It's good to be here. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for having you. As We were just talking about a few days ago. You're, you're on every so often, right? Every couple of shows. And we're just thankful for your wisdom and your insight. And uh, it's always a good show when you're on. Thank you, Shane. And well, also, I, as well. I have Christopher Hale. And he uh, recently just ran. He's a Democrat who ran in the primary uh, for a House seat in District 4. And that is out in Tennessee. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on today. It's a blessing. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And I wanted to pass it back to Shane because I know, Shane, you had recently, both of you guys, I think, were on Fox recently. And this is kind of like an extension of that conversation, if you will, a little bit. Right, Shane?
1: Yes, it is. And I think what I'd like to do, and obviously give give uh, Chris uh, a lot more time to talk, too, when we go on to the Fox News uh, spirited debate with Lauren Green. She does a phenomenal job. Uh, but with all media, you know, it's just short, quick bullet right. points. I mean, maybe, what do we get, Chris? Maybe a minute and a half, you know, two minutes and, you know, trying to fully exhaust the topic. So I thought, you know what, why don't we uh, do this podcast without really time restraints? And let's talk about some of these important issues and figure out, you know, I, you know, obviously there's different sides and, and people are very heated on both sides. But also, you know, there's civility, and that's what I, I recognize in Chris and um, respect in Chris is that we can talk and they disagree and, and move forward. But I think it's good for people to understand all those different issues out there, the hot-button issues right now with, uh, with everything from socialism, border security, abortion, LGBT, what they call rights. Uh, and, you know, let's talk about this. Why is there such a divide? Is there any common ground? Um, again, we're not compromising. We don't compromise the gospel, and this is this is something a little bit different. But in my thought, you know, the gospel as Christians and Chris, I, I believe you identify as a Christian Roman Catholic. You know how how can we see, Yeah, how can we see things um, differently with the same biblical text, and maybe you know we don't take the Uh, the the Bible, the same in in, in many different arenas. So that's really where this came from, is the Fox News debates. You can see those at, uh, I think they're on foxnews.com. You can put in my name, Shane Eidelman, or Christopher Hale, or even at my website, ShaneEidelman.com. We have them there, and just quick bullet points. Some of them were on gay marriage, abortion, uh, you know, the the Democrat-Republican divide. And so I'm kind of open myself, Todd. Maybe you could kind of you know, uh, moderate it and, and hear hear your thoughts. Um, I mean, if we want to start with an issue, we could start with the one that is big on gay marriage. I know we've talked about this a few times, because you work with uh, the Obama campaign, correct?
2: Yeah, that's right. I was in the Obama apparatus from 2011 to 2014, but I did did actually do particularly faith outreach for President Obama in 2012.
1: Got it, okay. So yeah, imagine,
2: part of that world. Imagine.
1: Yeah, you. You're, so you you were in there, and it was interesting because we talked about Joe Biden kind of flipping back on this issue, and and you mentioned how Obama was against gay marriage, and then then he was for it, and and I guess that's what's hard for us to to understand. And just so the the listeners know, uh... when people maybe you feel the same way, when people say you know, well, he's a Republican, a Republican Party, I actually I, I just put po- I, I try to vote principles, you know, print do these sure. principles line up with God's word, you know, and that's as a pastor so Republican, Independent, Democrat, you know, I don't don't just align with the party to align. I, I look at what God's Word says, and so when, when, when you would probably uh, agree that with Obama, it's okay to, you know, well, we need to switch on this issue because, you know, we're learning more, we're growing, we're progressing, where to me it seems like the gay marriage issue, you know, God's Word has been crystal clear for 2,000 years. The early church fathers that you being a Roman Catholic, you probably have noted, Irenaeus, Polycarp, Justin Martyr, uh, Ignatius, and you know, you look at their writings, you look at how we were made, creation, and it just seems like it's a quantum leap to now think that it's okay uh, that homosexuality is no longer a sin. And I think something that that we that was kind of frustrating with me—I don't know if it's frustrating with you—but that the point is, you can't really get across that it's nothing about hate. Or, um, you know, I think even on, I think I saw on your Facebook page, you were talking about the goal of the GOP elites in Nashville is to repeal access to health care and, uh, and repeal, repeal civil rights, the LGBT, so we wouldn't consider those civil rights, we would still consider it Blatant sin that is not acceptable. And so that's what I'm trying to find out where, where your heart is on this and, and, and What what they call flip-flopping is it just based on <laughs> on opinion polls or how how does how did you look at that? Or how did the Obama administration look at
2: that? Sure, I, I think I, I want to clarify that in no way could I ever see sure, yeah. Barack Obama or, or Joe Biden or anything. You know, so it's the only thing for myself. And uh, also, too, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a Roman Catholic, but I, I don't I don't pretend to be a professional theologian or a you know a representative of the church itself. I'm simply uh, like you, a baptized Christian, and that as, as that's where that's where my my logos, my wisdom, my experience comes in. But I'll say this: I think even that word dialogue, which we're entering into today, um, I think it's interesting. to Look at the etymology of that word. It's Greek, which means dialogos, where it's two. Um, two being Daya and Logos being Wisdom, Two in Search of the Truth in Search of Wisdom. So I think you're absolutely right that dialogue does not replace truth. And um, it's really about two people or more entering into a search for truth. And I just want to kind of start with that. I think that on the question, on the question of, of gay marriage in particular, I, I, w- I want to address that. But I also want to put a total vista uh, of the Christian worldview and the gospel of Jesus Christ and the biblical worldview. Obviously, um, I think where you and I would disagree is perhaps on, on, on what I would call a nostalgia of the past. I don't think from its beginning, I'd argue from the beginning, our nation has never been a particularly perfect or, or even or even viable vessel of, of Christianity or, or the, our, faith, our faith's values. It's not perfect. It never has been perfect. And I, think I am skeptical, quite frankly, that... The state can ever be a perfect vessel or anything close. I don't think. I don't. We are one nation under God. Perhaps under God being added in the 1950s to the pledge of allegiance. But if you look at the God of Jesus Christ and the God of the founders, they're not the same. I really do believe that. And I think it's where me and Shane probably most disagree. And so my my worldview and my understanding of the Constitution is there's nature's God. There's an attempt. There's an attempt to create a God that God is not the God of Jesus Christ, I, I, from my reading, from my understanding, it, it is hard to reconcile those two things. So what do I do as a Christian? I do the best estimation of that. Um, you know, in the gospel, Jesus tells us, Jesus tells us that um, in, in the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble. He tells us in Matthew 25, the stranger, the sick, uh, the imprisoned they have a privileged place in god's kingdom and, and that god himself will judge us on the last day on how we treat people such as these so my overall world view i am a democrat but my, my let me make let me make this very clear i'm a christian first and and but i'm a christian uh, mike pence says i'm a christian a conservative and and i'm an Amer- uh, sorry i'm a, a christian a conservative and a republican in that order i too would say that my christianity perceives anything, uh, anything beyond my political ideology, but my Christian worldview, and I think the biblical worldview to Jesus Christ, is that there is a privileged place for those who suffer, those who are left behind, um, those, those who are, are, are often put last. Jesus says that we have our call as a community to put them first. Now, as we get into the particularities of that, both parties are magnificent failures, uh, uh, of doing that. that they if you will the, the jesus doesn't offer us a, a a complete domestic policy or foreign policy but i think it's fair to say that the policy agenda uh of jesus christ risen from the dead is not the policy agenda of either party in this country and and so what i do is i try to figure out how is the best way and the gifts i have um in 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 the place i've been put in the world how is the best way to enact the highest ideals of the gospel in the context of daily life and i do think that um i do think that I, there's a phrase that is oftentimes used in roman catholicism that i think is open to the entire christian tradition basically the the uh, argument is there's cafeteria catholics there's those who pick and choose which teachings matter to them and which which don't and to be very blunt on it from my worldview, the republican party more closely matches the christian worldview the biblical worldview on questions of sexuality, of mayor, at least it did at one point—marriage uh, yeah, so and 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 and, reproducti- and questions of reproduction and abortion. And I think the Democratic Party more closely matches the biblical vision on on creation, on protecting right. the okay. environment, and the poor. So that—that's that, kind yeah. of my worldview. So yeah, no, yeah, that go ahead. Made A lot of—I'm just trying to watch
1: the timer here, so I make sure we get the right amount of time, and don't want to cut you off uh, at all.
2: Please go ahead, Bob. Um,
1: And actually, I think that actually opens up a lot of of dialogue and and we're getting, I think, to the root of all these issues. Maybe number one, and I'm not, I don't want to, you can answer later. But it might be also where are we getting our information from America from? Because a lot of people, I'm not assuming you do, but a lot of people get them from secular revisionists of what they thought the founders believed. What I did is I actually read the the original intent, the writings of the founding fathers. Many of them were actually ordained for the ministry. The Mayflower Compact. You can read of of Plymouth Plantation. Uh, Christians fought against slavery. Christians fought for equal rights. So. Yes, America has a checkered past, but the foundation uh, from the constitutions, people had to had to profess a faith in Jesus Christ to run for office. The Puritans, the Pilgrims. You look at the um, the Noah Webster's dictionary had scripture in it, and so I see the foundation as God. Uh, building a nation that would honor him—not perfect, like you said—not no no person is perfect. So I think number one, that's we're looking. We're probably getting our information from different sources because you're right. The Democratic Party has this idea that America—at least I think—Obama uh, administration, others, America is bad. Look at what they've done to people. We need to change that. Where I say the foundation was good, we need to go back to the foundation. So number one, number two is. We talk about truth, and in you know, and, and this conversation, is both people searching for the truth. But number two is we have to discover what is that truth. So with me, the, the Bible is inerrant. It's the Word of God. That's our plumb line. That's our gauge. And Jesus did say to treat people right, but he also said repent of sin. So we see homosexuality as blatant sin, and God's not going to judge us based on how we treat people. He's going to judge us based on what we did with Jesus Christ did we repent and believe the gospel then from that i treat others well and um it, it, like you said the policy of jesus you know his agenda uh, and here's where we make the big mistake the government cannot apply the teachings of jesus we're not to turn the other cheek the government actually is to be a tear to those who do evil so a lot of people make the mistake of of just of applying the teachings of Jesus to the institution of government. God actually ordained the government to be a terror to those who do evil, to administer justice, to defend the nation. So, I think that's what the main problem is, is we're building it on two separate foundations. Republicans, I guess, if you want to use that term, I'm talking about myself, people like Pastor Todd, others, that we just see what God's Word says. So we want to line up uh, we love LGBT. We love the gay community, but we recognize it as a sin, so we can't endorse it. We look at a socialism, a uh, bad concept. You, you don't work, you don't eat. It's not God blesses those who work hard. You can't just all throw it into the kitty and hope it works out. Of course, we look at abortion and, and, and that, so the, that maybe that is a good place to start, is we're looking at these through a different lens, through a different foundation, uh, and Todd, I don't know if you want to springboard off of any of that.
0: No, I think I think it's a great debate so far. What you guys are saying, you know, Shane, I agree with you obviously uh, more. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I, I appreciate Chris coming on. You know, Chris, that means a lot to me I that you come too. on. I really do. And uh, you know, one of the things for me um, that's really, you know, I, and I know you're you're talking about the foundation of the nation. Uh, that's extremely important. But I'm looking at America today. And I'm concerned for, for many different reasons, which I think we all have that concern on both sides. Um, but they're, they're different concerns. And one of the concerns that I have uh, is, is looking at what's happening to the sovereignty of our nation. If I think of from a biblical standpoint, you know, when, when Nimrod and the Tower of Babel, you know they tried to basically erect a tower that would get humanity to heaven and you know god was unpleased with that and scattered the nations you know and ever since then our world has operated under you know nations i mean we've had nations right and and different languages and and the people were scattered the the, the democrat platform today i feel like is you know pushing for globalism and more of a borderless society, uh, just by, you know, not wanting to enforce the, the current laws which are on the books. These are laws that were voted in by both Democrat and Republican. These are these are laws that are on our books right now. They're not new laws that we're talking about. We're talking about enforcing the current laws. And to me, that, you know, I think of a lot of different things. I deal with the homeless in our city, um, in Los Angeles. I'm, I'm here in Los Angeles. We have a church out here 56,000 homeless people right now uh, that we're dealing with out here. And I would just say, you know, why don't we get our own house in order? You know, I understand the principle. What you're saying is that we need to take care of the poor and the sick. America has sent out more missionaries than just about any other country. We've also sent out a tremendous amount of aid. But our nation is ailing right now. We're seeing a tremendous amount of... Uh, Like I said, homeless situation, Um, a lot of people are, you know, really disheartened, you know, can't find jobs. And even with the economy being better, there's still a lot of social, you know, disorder and dysfunction, mental illness, you know. So with all that being said, wouldn't it be wisdom to get our own house in order before and and, and not to mention to, to just enforce the laws on the books that were enforced by both, you know, voted by both Democrat and Republican? What would you say to that, Chris?
2: Uh, in question, I, I think that we all would agree that there's some laws in the book uh, we, that we, we actually have a moral obligation to not uphold. Uh, obviously, the law of God supersedes the law of the state. So I imagine that you all won't get on here and defend the uh, upheld law of Roe v. Wade or Planned Parenthood versus Casey, etc. So I think that it's fair to say that there are, there are realities of laws that, 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 that uh, do not uphold the gospel vision that both parties have some false, I would say, false deity toward. Uh, they have the false sacred cow mentality towards. I, say to this, I think a big question we, that we're worth, worth exploring with this is, what does Jesus expect of us, uh, of the nation? So I think it's a really particular, I think this is also something that distinguishes Roman Catholicism from mainline evangelical Protestant and Roman Catholicism. Uh, towards looking at Jesus' words in Gospels in Matthew 25. It's very weird to me because it says very partially in a very profound way that God will judge the nations. God will judge, uh, God will judge the nations. There's at least some kind of social expectation of us that goes beyond individual charity. Paul the sixth said that Jesus' social mission in this way, um, charity for one, justice for all and that justice is 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 charity's greatest act so i think as we as we kind of said i think i think that it i i guess i would make the argument that um i am skeptical you're quoting a pauline text there about upholding the law i'm skeptical that jesus would use that jesus himself remember he was an outcast and 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 a uh a criminal He, he was he was put to death on the cross for disobeying Roman authority. So I think that there's this great, I think there is a skepticism that both of us should have, both Republicans and Democrats should have towards status quo laws and, and uh, actions of the state. And so I, I think that there's a, a profound biblical tradition of having skepticism towards authority, the greatest example being a man put to death by Roman, by Roman uh, state-sponsored terrorists in, in Calvary. So that, that's kind of my worldview on that.
1: No, oh, no, that's a that's a good point. Maybe we can go down the items real quick. I know you're you're pressed for time, um, but on that, you know, I think oh, what you said just kind of brings us to light even more. You know, the Pauline epistle uh, with to the to the church in Rome. So again, I think it goes back to the inerrancy of Scripture. Uh, I think what we're seeing here is one party that looks at the inerrancy of Scripture; it, it's clear, and the other maybe a party that kind of picks and chooses and doesn't look at the uh, the Bible as maybe. Fully inspired, and that might be one of the other issues is, where the other issues are coming from. Also, though, as, as a pastor, as a preacher, I, maybe I look through, uh, through the lens differently, but Jesus came for this, He said, for this reason I have come to what? To save, to, to set people free to preach repentance. So there's so much emphasis on helping others, and there's so much help, emphasis on the welfare society, which is all great. But the primary reason for Jesus' coming was born to die, to repent of our sin. So when we see gay marriage as a sin, we see abortion, the the murdering of children. I mean, New York just passed a law where now it's inhumane to declock cats. Okay. You can you can murder a child, but you can't declock cats. So uh, border security, socialism. So I think that's the main issue is we don't we see the government protecting and administering justice and then allowing the church and her people and even the nation of course the nation should care for uh... those who are less fortunate but you know if i were to be honest with you chris i'm not saying this about you but most people i i know democrats i think they want the votes uh... i don't know if they're really concerned about the poor let's check typing records let's check and those and it's a common uh... fact that republicans do give more to charity so i i think a lot of these are are pushing for votes, pushing for the whole border issue, security. Let's get more votes. Uh, the whole idea on, on uh, you know, just helping those, uh, just handouts. That that's not even biblical. Uh, hard work. So, I, I would you say that that maybe is where we're off on all these issues? Is the inerrancy of scripture and and what Jesus actually came to do? You would look at it more of a social justice kind of platform where I would look at it more as a gospel platform, the good news of the gospel and Jesus talking about uh, sin and the need for repentance and and how all these issues fall into uh, that camp. Maybe that's why there's so much hatred for Trump, is that he is
2: defending religious values, you know. Sure. I I would say, I guess what I would, my big act would be that what you call social justice, Jesus Christ says in Matthew Gospel twenty-five that it is actually the, the measure by which God will judge at the end of time. It's not just a that's a suggestion. It's not just a um, it's not just a a, a prescript. It is. I mean, let me be very very frank. If we are to take Jesus at his word in the Gospel of Saint Matthew, if the nations do not treat the poor well, we are going to hell. Just to be very blunt and put very very fine point on it, I'm not i 'm not overselling it it 's right there in the text itself, so if we do not treat the poor well as a, a, a individual as a nation, we are going to hell that 's jesus christ 's words and I would we go say to hell for re- but don't we go
1: to hell for rejecting him, not to cut you off, just trying to understand sure. I, I, the, 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 the biblical text I read is that a person goes to hell because they rejected, rejected Jesus Christ and then once they have that genuine relationship with him, they want to help people. They want to reach out. It's a byproduct of saving faith.
2: Yeah, I think what we, I think what you and I would have, I would say, I think maybe this is a bigger area. A bigger, I think what we'd have, a, a very particular question is, who is Jesus Christ? Because Christ says in, the, in, in Scripture that he himself it's not just the one who rose in that rose in, in Calvary for for redemption of sin, but he too, he too is the one. He too is the one who uh, is in the poor, who is in the suffering, who is in those who are left out, left behind. So, I guess my worldview is as such that, um, really. Really, I think Jesus is not just a, uh, a manifestation of God's law, but a person um, who who exists, who you and I meet a thousand times a day. Let me put it a little bit more fine point. If we take Scripture literally, and I, I do, I think I think to quote the president, quote no, those who defend the president, I take it literally and seriously. Um, I think that there is, I think that it is very clear to me that both parties, not just not just Democrats, not just Republicans. Both parties tries to domesticate the radical call of the gospel no
1: no i couldn't i couldn't agree more i just i 'm just trying to still process um, maybe what the difference is because he also said he 's the only way, the only truth, the only life, nobody comes to the Father except through him so I, I see it as the primary goal of pastors, preachers, teachers. Uh, the church is the message of good news, repentance from sin but Hearing you and other Democrats, um, I don't hear that message at all, repentance of sin. I don't hear that abortions a sin. I don't hear that gay marriage is a sin. I don't hear, you know, so maybe that's the big differentiating mark is the lens we look through. And I'm all for helping people, and that's what we do. That's what the church do does. We're reaching out. We're helping. But I guess we see the role of the government as uh, to protect the nation um, and passing sure. laws, and I don't know. And just, and I'm just throwing this out there. How can how can people be be part of a party like the Democratic Party that is for killing innocent children? Do they look at it differently? And again, I'm just asking. I'm not trying to, you know, yeah. argue or debate. Well, or I'm just, I'm honest. We're trying to really understand um, where where they're coming from on that.
2: Well, I'm not going to ask you for your allegiance to President Trump or whatnot. But you know, I, I, I sense that. You may or may not go to him, but I'm sure you, you support him as the leader of the President of the United States. But, you know, Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump is, is, is an epitome of living in sin. Uh, gay marriage it might be perhaps against God's law, but so is divorce. I mean, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ says very clearly that Moses permitted divorce, but he did not. So um, uh, adultery is sin pornography is sin and and Republicans who are Christians still exist in this mess because they think there's something redemptive and something redemptive about the vehicle of the Republican Party in spite of having a president who had sexual intercourse with a porn star while married and a child who was five months old. Um so and but much as Democrats exist and the moral boundaries that.
1: Yeah, no that you're cutting out you you're cutting out right all there on your cell phone just you're, I don't know if you can hear your, your cell phones right now, but I I totally understand where people are coming. From. Um, but let me let me just chime in on that for just a minute. I think here's the big difference too, is we're talking about Trump's past. We're we're, we're right there with you, but it's all about priorities. Uh, hundreds of children are being slaughtered and killed today, today. So yes, is he has that in his past? Has he re- has he repented? Is he working on his relationship with God? I don't know, but we're looking at today, what are we leaving our future generation? Trump's past does not uh, affect how our children and our grandchildren are going to live in the future. It would be wonderful if he had a great past. It would be wonderful if he was uh, um, just this Jesus Christ. That would be great if that's who was leading us. But. He's, sure. he's, he's the president uh, called to lead and govern our nation, and uh, from domestic and, and foreign enemies. So I, I, I just have a hard time thinking what he did 12 years ago: uh, uh, adultery, divorce. Yeah, that's in his past. Actually, if we were all judged by our past, I, I, we'd all be in trouble. But what are oh, we doing right? So now, if you, if you, hey, Trump is right now in the White House cheating on his wife. He's partying up. He's he's uh, yeah. I mean, those are some b- b- valid points, but I don't think we can, you know, use somebody's past uh, to define where we are today. We are um, we, we are we are still killing children. I mean, so maybe Democrats look at it more as women's choice. It's her choice on what to do, but up to nine months and even. I mean, I'm I'm not for it in any case, obviously. But sure. So I guess maybe it's about priorities. Maybe. Uh, we elevate um, w- abortion above other issues because it is it is innocent children and that really breaks our heart and we elevate God's word and we look at Isaiah the prophets and Jeremiah and uh, the rebukes that God had for the for the nation the same things that we're doing today we're mocking these these gay prides and and gay prey prides and uh, praise I'm sorry all these things to us—it's—it's it, it's mocking scripture. So I can still love someone, a gay person, but still say, "Hey, you know what? This isn't right." So when did it become hate speech? Um, I mean, based on how most Democrats define hate speech, I hate my children because I tell them, "Hey, you—you you shouldn't do this. That's not a good idea. That God's word says this. You know, that—that's not the right lifestyle. Of course, that's actually motive. Love is the motive, not hate. So maybe it's all on priorities that they just hate Trump so much that they're going to, you know, it just, it kind of outweighs abortion, or they leave it up to the mom to choose, and maybe that's where we see things differently. But sorry, I didn't mean to take can up that time. Yeah,
2: no, can I, I can, if, I, if I want, I, I'd like to put an idea. I'm gonna, maybe it's cynicism that I have in me. I'm, I'm, I'm You know, Pastor, I'm really not convinced that the Republican Party wants to get rid of abortion rights in this country. I, I think, I'll be honest with you, I think they're playing a fool. I think that I think that Republicans like running on this issue, um, but they enjoy it as a political football. From my experience, I think that i as I mean to be to be very honest with you, what have they done about it? You know, and, uh, well, just play the look, at these, the federal
1: look at battle. all these states. Look at all the and uh, not not interrupt. I'll let you go again. But look sure. at all these states yeah. passing abortion laws, and look at um, abortion supporting uh, uh, Democrats threaten to rape. The pro-life about Alabama senator's wife—it's in the news today. So people are standing up, but I see what you're saying. It it kind of for some Republicans, I'm sure it's just a a tool they use. But we look at the laws that are being passed, the children that are being saved. We look at the fruit. So you're right. If there's no fruit, if it's just a bunch of smoke, then I don't—I don't
2: don't think we'd we'd stick around very much longer. But we do see a lot of fruit. And I want to ask you a question. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's not well known. We, we, so really, if you look at the question of uh, it, it, the Christian worldview is, you know, very conflicted and opposed to abortion. It, 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 and it, for me, it, it comes from the fact that Jesus wept in the, the womb of his mother Mary. Um, you know, there's something sacred that I, I feel as a Christian in the womb. What's interesting to me, though, is I, I reflect time and again that less abortion today is better than more abortion yesterday. If we can get to a point where the situation looks better every day. And so what, what bothers me is we, we, can, we can pontificate from on high about the legality of abortion. It's going to be a tough road, quite frankly. I am skeptical based on, based on looking at the realities of, of the court, and even with uh, Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Gorsuch, I think Roe v. Wade saying, I think Planned Bearhead vs. Casey saying, so what you're really so that's, if you're an economist, you're talking about the supply of abortion. I think what we have to do as Christians um, is say, what can we do to reduce the desire of people seeking abortion what, 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 what some progressives call the need of abortion And to me, I don't understand um, we know we know that whether there is health care where there are good jobs, where there's education, where, there, where there's community, abortions decrease. We know that abortion is deeply connected to, to inadequate um, social structures, to, to uh, access to, to uh, contraception. As Roman Catholics are might as I imagine, I imagine you all are more open to that. But we can get to a situation using proactive means today. Everyone in this country, I think, should agree that we should do whatever it takes to reduce abortions in this country and and I I don't understand what frustrates me in my experience in politics is number one thing we could do to reduce abortions and you might not like this as it involves the state but the state is also the one who is who is uh, uh, withdrawing abortion rights is to expand health care I, I this may, might make you uncomfortable but I bet you I I, I bet my life on it that if we had a single-payer health care system, the abortion rates would drop to the, the lowest records ever. It's kind of interesting. It, it, abortion's way lower in Europe than it is in the United States. And they, have a, they only have abortion rights up to 12 weeks. So it's remarkable. It's actually less, about half of what we have in the United States. But they have less abortions, and so they have access to health care. So I wonder if good Christians could agree on both sides of the aisle, working within the constructs that we exist that that's a good thing that less is better than what the status quo and I would love to work with anyone to make that happen um, well, Chris, I, no, I think I, 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 mean, I think I think that's
1: one thing we can agree on that we have to go at the heart you can't just you can't just legislate morality uh, but sure you can you know you obviously set laws that that give an idea of what we respect what we don't so of course at the heart of the abortion issue is uh, well I, I would maybe even take it further it is what God's Word says about waiting till marriage abstinence all these things that are oh that's so weird no it's not it's biblical it's good it's healthy uh, but health care and that's an interesting thing under Obama my health care was 1500 for my family I canceled it I have no health care as of today so I we're not we're not here, you know, we have a share program we pay into, but we're all for health care. Here's where I sure. think we, we, we we differ. Who's gonna pay that bill? There you go. It's 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 impossible. And uh so that's why I think we have to be careful with health care. I think we have to limit these corporations that are charging a massive amount of money. Now I take a whole different angle, I'm not gonna waste any time on this, but the reason sure. we could we could really help our health care uh, in the country is if people started taking care of their bodies so my focus is really on health and nutrition and getting people to to take care of their bodies that's why the America's falling apart it's our it's our processed foods and don't get me started on that but so I think we have to look at that as well too what are we what are we consuming what are we eating are we taking care of our bodies but also the health care uh, you just can't say okay everybody free health care because sure. somebody's got to pay those bills and we see Long term, we're leaving a huge deficit for our children. Um, so I don't even on healthcare. I don't know if there is a, a, a solution in the middle, other than you get back well, to uh, pricing and, and and competition
2: on the healthcare industry. Well, I think that's one thing I would think we could agree. It's like our, our Christian faith does not pretend itself to be technical experts on on the particularities. Right. It's supposed to tell us what healthcare systems are using. We acknowledge that you're right. It gives us it gives us a, a guidepost of values uh, of how we ought to live our life and how our society ought to function. And what, what I would, I would hope, I, I, I'm not sure if you can concede this or not, but I hope you would concede that neither party does it perfectly, but there are good actors in both parties. Um, maybe in a different day and age, different times, different life experience, I might have been a Republican, but for some reason, uh, just the context that I live, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a Democrat and i i i acknowledge time and again look i'm a democrat who spent his career railing against the worst things about my party because i have to because I, I think that it's an imperfect vehicle to our social change and to living out the highest values of our society but i hope and i, I think this is true i hope we can concede that there are good actors for our faith values for the gospel of jesus, jesus Christ in both parties, whatever the particular circumstances might be of those parties. And I think that what we, you and I, have to do, and what Christians across the country have to do, is we need to reclaim our highest values in our parties. I would love to see a day, I, you know, we're not there. And the, the, God, the kingdom of God is not at hand, but we're not there yet. But I would love to see a day where every human life, from womb to tomb, is dignified, is welcome, is included. and, um, and But we... We understand that it's not going to happen perfectly, and there's imperfect actors. So I view myself, um, much as Jesus talks about the the sower, of doing my best to to, to sow seed in an imperfect place. And uh, we're not going to always get it right. And look, I I know I don't always get it right. I get caught up in the the uh, the uh, vices of the world and the shortcomings that that exist in human society. But I do feel confident when my bed hits a, when my head hits the bed every night. That I am, you know, that I am trying to be a, a missionary for our highest values. Um, yeah, no, that, today. That
1: makes, yeah, that makes total. Go ahead. I'm just so like when when top Democrats are for, uh, especially part term or late term abortion, doesn't that make your stomach upset? I mean, are you, but are you okay with it? I don't know. Wouldn't that
2: sure to me? That would be alarming. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 obviously, obviously, I think that late. I, I oppose late term abortion completely. After this, so publicly, it, it causes me. It causes me. It disturbs me. It disturbs me when the president of the United States uh, has a border policy that that uh, is is painful toward towards uh, uh, young women, young mothers, and their children. That's not for life. We can acknowledge that life might begin at conception, but it doesn't end there. And so I'm looking. I'm looking to defeat all all the aspects of the culture of death from womb to tomb. Um, look, I, I, I think that if, if we trust Jesus' uh, his words on the cross, um, life has value at every stage. The thief at the end of his life is just as valuable as the unborn child. And I would love to see a world where we could have that lived reality. And sure, like I, I acknowledge your shortcomings to my party that are deep and profound. But, but maybe a good question to ask is, well, why am I a Democrat? <laughs> I'm a Democrat because I fundamentally believe that government is a positive force in society. Um, I fundamentally believe that government's been a helpful force in society. You know, I, I, I thank God that government protects our God-given rights to 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 live, a uh, dignified life. They, uh, me and Shane I know this all the time, but the government is a preserver and protector of God's rights for the human person and for the human community. So, he is, you are right; it is a defender, but we do need a defender. And we do need a social construct to defend us,
1: yeah, no, you make sense, and now I'm, I think we're better listeners are going to better understand where both are coming from because what I would you know life is precious at any age you're absolutely right, but See here's the other big issue where are we getting our information from we have a media that is hell bent on destroying our president no matter if it's true or not so these border stories i don't believe 90% of them i know people on the border i know people that well let me yeah let me let me just finish this point i know people on the border working there a lot of this stuff is not true number 1 number 2 is they are coming into a country illegally and breaking its laws. Why is it not thrown back on the people breaking the law and and put on the present? And a lot of again this this these news stories are absolutely incorrect and we're basing our knowledge on the border based on fake news that is that is it wants to destroy our nation. So go ahead, Todd. Sorry about yeah, that.
0: Yeah, no, no worries. And I'm, I'm kind of letting you guys just go for it today because, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'd like to normally say, but I just, we just don't have the time. But, uh, just I back, bet. <laughs> back to my question earlier, though, you know, with regard to the laws on the books, I think, you know, uh, it's a slippery slope if we say, well, we're not going to enforce this law. We're <laughs> not going to enforce that law. Well, then who who decides that, who enforces which law and who doesn't, you know, that is that the president that decides that is that, you know, because I think that's a very slippery slope. I mean, the whole reason why we have laws and why we have the three chambers, you know, why we have the three uh, branches is simply to, you know, make sure that we enforce the laws on the books that were put in, enacted by both Republicans and Democrats. So that's very scary to me that we're saying, well, we don't deem that one moral, so we're not going to enforce that one. I mean, right now, Republicans, Democrats, every American have to uphold Roe v. Wade because that's the law. So to answer your question, sure. that's what's happening. Yeah. I mean, that's the situation right now. Of course, we'd like to see it overturned, but that is the law of the land. And it's the same with the, the border. Now, I, I will say this because it really kind of sparked my attention. I've been down to the border three times, okay, and um, you know, spent a lot of time down there just doing investigative journalism and seeing what's going on. And I will say I've worked with a lot of sex trafficking ministries, and a lot of these kids are brought up uh, they're paid to you know they pay the families they bring the kid the kids not part of the family It's, it's a false reality you know in a lot of cases and that's why some of these kids are being separated because these poor border agents are having to be like detectives and figure out what the actual situation is. There's a lot of child sex trafficking and there's a, you know, a lot of coyotes, drugs that are being taken, you know, coming into our country illegally through these non, you know, uh, you know non, non, the, the, the outside of the border uh, areas, you know, where they just walk over, you know, or they go over the river or whatnot. So. These are the areas that I think, you know, and in working with the sex trade, you know, uh, ministries, you know, this is a major concern for me because these kids are being separated, but they're not being separated by our government. They're being separated by the coyotes, by the drug smugglers, by the, you know, the sex trade industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And that's what most people aren't seeing and understanding. So. You know, I think there has to be order, and that's where order comes in. We can process people. We can take in asylum seekers that are true asylum seekers. But there's also a lot of people that are that are not legitimate, that are being handed cards from lawyers and saying, say this. And then basically, you know, we have to take them in. It's not really fair. So, you know, I think we have to uphold the laws of the land. I'm, I'm not I'm all for, you know, reform when it comes to immigration. I think a lot of people want to see immigration reform. But one of the problems is the, the gridlock. That we have in the Congress right now, nothing can get passed because of the hate for Donald Trump. And I think you know why can't the parties come together and work together to actually get some things accomplished? You know what I'm saying? Well, I, 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 I we
2: kind we of hit on three points. Uh, number one, I, I agree that facts matter, objective facts matter, and no one's going to help the cause if, if they misreport in any capacity. Um, the the President of the United States also. Has the responsibility to always tell the truth as well so we have to agree that the news must tell the truth the president must tell the truth uh it, it, it's how society functions so i definitely can agree on that um, and let's talk about in particular the immigration itself i think it's something really pour, pour, important to focus on we have to acknowledge that we need laws i agree i think any, any democrat who is who who argues what I would call a voidless compassion without any sense of reality, as you have been on the board, without any sense of reality and jurisprudence and, and thoughtfulness is is selling a load of smoke. Because we have to have laws, we have to have an immigration system that works. You know, I, I'm 30 years old. I just turned 30 this year. That we've been fighting this issue since my mid-teens in this country. So I, you know, I would love to have comprehensive immigration reform. And we can call it Trump reform. Like, we should give the president complete credit. I do want to defend my own side of the aisle, though. Um, look, you know, we saw, we saw, at least in my experience, some pretty significant obstructionism towards the previous President Obama. But I'm, I'm willing to let that go. I think that we have to, for me, the number one rule of politics is let yesterday's battles be long yesterday. Or maybe as Jesus said it better, let the dead bury the dead. So I'm willing to concede that, and I think we should, we should move forward on it. I, you know, frankly, I would give Donald Trump the biggest wall in the world. I don't think it works, but I would give him the biggest wall in the world if, he, if we could have a pathway to citizenship for those who are already in this country. So I'm willing to play with anyone on this issue. And I think a lot of Democrats are who are not stuck in the partisan games. One final point that I want to make on this question, and then I'll leave it to you all and go from there. I think there's, it's really important. To contextualize um, who's at fault. Are their forces at fault? Yes. Is, is it usually the people who show up at the border? The answer is no. Now have some of them been manipulated? You betcha. Have some of them also been victims of, of violence? Yes. I just want to remember that we are Christians and we have to remember the story of Jesus Christ himself who was a refugee child fleeing violence um, fleeing the violence of Herod, the regime of Herod into Egypt, so we we have a particular closeness to to these children in particular. And however they got here, we have to remember that that moral obligation that the Lord Himself was one of those children. So I'll leave that and, and let you all pick it up. Oh yeah,
1: no, that Chris, Chris, that's a great point too. And I think this is where we go back to what I initially said. We see that there's two different kingdoms. There's God's kingdom here on earth through Jesus. As believers, that's what I would be doing. I'd be reaching out to these kids that are legitimate, housing, food. How can I help you? Absolutely. But the government has a different role. The government can't can't turn the other cheek once called to defend the face. Uh, it has to build security. Like Jerusalem has walls. The new Jerusalem will have walls. China has walls. I mean. Jericho had walls. King David he built walls. I mean, walls are give the government their border and their security. We can't just say, "Okay, everyone in," because when we quote scripture about helping those, let's say on the outside, we forget that there's also those on the inside. If I don't care for my own, I'm worse than an unbeliever. So, in reaching out, we don't we want to make sure we don't fall when we reach. Yes, it's good to reach out and help the the immigrant and the foreigner. But if it hurts and, it, and, it, and it, it, it's at the expense of our own citizens and our own families, that's where we totally miss it. Uh, we're never called to put our citizens and our families at risk and hurt them, demean them, m- 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 open up a can of worms be- in order to help someone else. It's it actually help your, your, your citizens, your family first, or get this house in order, like Todd said, and then now we're able to reach out and to help others. And I do, I think, I don't know if we accidentally skipped this, but you know that the facts are so that Republicans give to charity and to organizations and to help those in need far, far more than Democrats. So I don't think it's, it's fair to say the Republicans are not for those helping. We help those on a continual basis. We give a lot of money, so do many churches, and that's what the role of church is. But the government is supposed to that has a whole different function than the church. So maybe that's one of the big issues is is you see the government operating more like the church, and I see the government operating more like we see in Romans, you know, thirteen, and allowing the church to be the church. But also something we didn't even touch on is how the Obama administration and possibly current administrations. If Hillary was elected, they are going to silence the truth. They're going to silence the church. Now, I don't think they'll silence Christians like you because you don't talk about sin and repentance and judgment and the wrath of God and hell and the blood of Christ. And, but so when it comes to the, 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 and I'm just being honest, I mean, uh, but when you do talk about difficult truths, that's what they don't want to hear. That's what they want to get rid of, Romans 1 and and all these things. And yes, Jesus loved others, but would you agree that he also preached repentance and he called people to repent of their sin? And from from homosexuality to sexual sin to drunkenness to lying to... Yes, being mean to people, absolutely, that was a great sin of, this, of the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. But there are many other sins that were on equal playing field, and, and sin shouldn't be elevated. Sin is sin. So I guess that's maybe a big difference, too, As we see the teachings of Jesus are a personal application, but also a, a national call to repentance, to repent from <laughs>
2: I think I, I definitely agree. So let me clarify. I, I'm a I'm a Bible believing Christian. I believe in sin. I believe in death. I believe in redemption. I think that I guess I I am I, I the one I think maybe we should kinda of go back because it's really important to like just nail these areas very clearly and concisely. I am I I think that I think that you I'll be honest, I think you misunderstood maybe that's my argument. I'll say hey, you're you're a pastor yeah. the pastor's a lay person fire away. I think you, you deeply misunderstood the Christian tradition, the Christian understanding of the role of governance. Uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus usurps Paul, we would agree on that, and Christ in the gospel usurps any Old Testament uh, understanding of God. He, he is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And to me, it's very clear that, that, uh, that, that Jesus has, has a view that government belongs in society, not just as a means of—Christ doesn't talk about Sexual sin, Let's talk about money and, and, and corruption. Yeah. and so
1: now, I he did, do talk do about, think... he, he did talk. I got it. We got to go pretty quick. Todd needs to end it, but we sure. did talk about hell. He did talk about hell more than any other topic. Um, sure. So I think, I, and, and maybe that's we're seeing a difference too. I'll let Todd have a final word. Is I look at the Bible as a completion of God's word. So the Pauline epistles, Romans, Jude, James the canonization of scripture is complete jesus is the author and beginner there's not well I, I look at jesus's words here but i'm going to throw out these other books of the bible because they say you know they don't say something different it's, it's all one consistent theme that man is lost man must repent jesus came to save man and that's really why we're in the we're we're in the condition that we're in today yeah
0: Good stuff, man. Listen, Chris and and Shane, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it, uh, you know, sharing your heart, being vulnerable. Uh, Chris, are you going to run again out there in Tennessee?
2: We'll see. Uh, I'm definitely open to it. We'll see if the Democrats like
0: me enough. All right. Well, listen. We're praying for you and Pastor Shane. Thank you for always being such a, a voice and giving us such biblical insight. We truly appreciate it. Uh, I'll let you guys both say just a final word for uh, once you start off, Shane.
1: Oh, Chris, yeah, Chris. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just know we're limited on time. I think I, I, I summed up everything. Um, I, I summed up everything I had to say in the last 50 minutes. So there I we
2: think go. we're good. Yeah. All right. well, I, the only thing I would say is uh, thank you. Uh, deo, gracias. Thanks to God. You know, I, 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 I'm proud to be on I think it's really important. As we see the secularization of our country, um, I would argue that one of the reasons why is the failures of the church itself. So I don't know if we can blame the isms as much as we can blame ourselves and our community. So I think any time we can act um, in, in, a, in a positive way to bring people together uh, to the good news of Jesus risen from the dead, Um, it's always good. So it's an honor to be here today. And, uh, I hope you all have a great weekend.
0: Thank you. Thank you both so much. And the same to you. We bless you guys in Jesus name. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.